ഹമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമുലിമ
harmful to him, it could cause loss of life, and all these various details will also be there. Now the person who feels that I purchased this with my money, my labor, my sweat, so I must be at, with complete freedom to use it as I wish, then if such a person decides to put in something which is metal in there, then he will bear the consequences. And sometimes, those consequences even affect other innocent people. He might have put something and his child came in the way. The child doesn't know anything about it, but it explodes at the moment when the child's face is directly in line with it. And then, it's too late to do anything. Similarly, Allah wa ta'ala created this human being and Allah wa ta'ala placed various qualities within this human being and placed various needs within this insan. Allah wa ta'ala created within him the need for hunger, the need for food, created hunger within him so he will have a need for food, created thirst, he will have a need for water, it is that same Rabb, our Creator, Allah wa ta'ala, who has created with it insan certain passions and desires. And just as Allah wa ta'ala to fulfill the need of food has provided halal food, to fulfill the need of drink has provided various halal drinks, water from the skies, وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً tahura. And to fulfill the other various needs that Allah Ta'ala Himself has created in man. Allah Ta'ala has provided the halal avenues of nikah. And at the same time, because this human being has been vested with these natural qualities, natural traits, he has not been left without any safeguards. A vehicle can travel at 150, 200, some 250 kilometers an hour. But if that vehicle only has that power to travel at that speed, but it has no brakes, then it's not going to travel very far. The first journey might be the last journey. Allah wa ta'ala has placed these needs within a human being. And at the same time has given him certain breaks, certain safeguards. And these passions and desires that Allah Ta'ala out of his wisdom has created in man. زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الزَّهَابِ وَالْفِضَّةِ إِلَىٰ آخِرِ الْآيَةِ Allah Ta'ala declares that he has created these things in human beings. This is the crux of this ayat. At the same time, Allah Taala has provided a safeguard, an internal mechanism, which every human being is born with, which will protect him and save him from the various immoral acts, indecent things, and that breaks within him is called haya. What is this haya all about? What does this mean? It can be translated as modesty, Morality, shyness maybe. All this to some extent does give the meaning of haya. 
It's a natural inborn quality. Which Allah wa ta'ala has placed in every person. Which enables him to refrain from anything that is wrong. From anything that is evil. It is a feeling from within. That when a person is confronted with the prospect of sin. Then if that haya is strong within him. That it will immediately evoke feelings of disgust. It will evoke feelings of negative feelings within him. And he will want to withdraw from there immediately. And this is a natural inborn quality of a human being. But just as any other thing, if a person continuously defies this quality that Allah has placed within him, that prospect of sinning is there in front of him, and from within that feeling of disgust comes, and that voice from within tells him that this is wrong, but he ignores it, and he goes and commits the wrong. The second time that feeling will come again, but it will be so much weaker. And again he defies it, Again he ignores it and he goes ahead and does the wrong thing. Then the third time it will be even more fainter. And a time comes when eventually that voice, if it is there, it can't be heard. So every person is born with this naturally. But there are certain factors around, apart from the person himself defying it, there are certain factors which all together destroy sometimes this natural quality of haya, which is such a vital quality, such a fundamental trait within a mu'min, that Rasulullah says, that, inna li kulli deenin khuluqan wa khuluqul islami al-haya. Every creed, every religion, has a distinguishing characteristic about it. Something that distinguishes it from everything else. And the distinguishing characteristic of Islam is haya. Therefore, in another hadith, Nabi Salaam says, Inna al-haya'a wal-imana qurana. Iza rufi'a ahaduhuma rufi'a al-akhar. Aw kama qala al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Haya and iman, they coexist. They exist together. When one is removed, taken away, the other one goes as well. If haya leaves, iman then follows along with it. In yet another hadith, Rasulullah describing the importance of haya, it's a lengthy hadith, just the one portion, that haya is a great branch of iman, a branch of faith. In one hadith, Nabi Salaam says, إِنَّ الْحَيَاءَ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ وَالْإِيمَانُ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَإِنَّ الْبَذَاءَ مِنَ الْجَفَاءِ وَالْجَفَاءُ فِي النَّارِ وَكَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم, That haya, this is something of iman. And iman is in jannah. A person with haya will end up in jannah. And bazaar, obscenity, obscenity is something that 
stems from the hardness of the heart. The heart that has become hard as a result of evil, as a result of sin. خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ سَمْعِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ أَبْصَارِهِمْ غِشَاوَىٰ That hardness of the heart which eventually sometimes reaches this level. Where the heart becomes sealed, so hard it becomes, becomes completely sealed that no good then penetrates that heart. Obscenity stems from the hardness of the heart. And this jaffa and hardness of the heart is something that leads to jahannam. On one occasion, Rasulullah Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mas'ud reports that Rasulullah addressed the Sahaba and said to them, Istahyu min Allahi haqqal haya. That have haya from Allah wa ta'ala. Be modest in front of Allah ta'ala in the way that you should be modest. So the Sahaba replied, Qalu, inna lanastahiyu alhamdulillah. That verily we do have haya, alhamdulillah, the fazl of Allah ta'ala. Nabi Salaam said, Laysa zaak. You haven't fully understood what I am referring to. What is the reality of haya? And the reality of having modesty in front of Allah wa ta'ala in the way that one should have modesty, Nabi Salaam then himself describes it. أَن تَحْفَزَ الرَّأْسَ وَمَا وَعَى وَالْبَطَنَ وَمَا حَوَى وَأَن تَذْكُرَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْبِلَى Nabi Salaam says that you safeguard the head and according to one interpretation and what it thinks, what is within it, what it thinks, the purity of thought, that a person is not conjuring various immoral and obscene thoughts within his mind. And one other meaning of wama wa'a, and whatever else it is protecting, the eyes, the ears, the tongue, wal batana wama hawa, and the stomach, and what is contained therein. Is that halal? Because when that will be halal that is fed into that stomach, that will develop good thoughts in the mind also. And that will bring about good actions in the body. Allah Ta'ala says that eat pure and halal things and do righteous actions. The link between the two is that halal food will lead to righteous actions. Hazrat Mawlana Muzaffar Hussain Khamdalwi Rahmatullah a very great saint of his time, once was traveling and he happened to stopped by one village, rural area. It was late at night, so he decided to stop and spend the night in that masjid. So, it was Isha time. After Isha, one of the people realized that this is a stranger, he's a musafir. So one person went away, and he came back with something wrapped. Very poor person. One can see that he is a person who is very poor. He came with something wrapped, and he said, you are a musafir. Here you may have this. You probably didn't have anything to eat. Open it, there's three rotis in there, three breads. So he ate those three breads and he slept away. That night for the almost the entire night, he is being blessed with the ziyarat of Rasulullah As a result, the next day, he decided not to go. He stayed over. Just because of this, he stayed over. And the day passed. At night again, this person sees that the stranger is still here. So he goes away home. And he comes back with something wrapped again. And this time he presents two rotis to him. 
and this person eats this, goes to sleep, again the same way his night passes, for the ziyarat of Rasulullah in his dream, he stays over the third day, the day after again, and at night again, this person sees this stranger is still here, this musafir is still here, he comes again with something wrapped, and he says, look, today I am giving you this, but please tomorrow you may now please proceed. So Ma'a says to him that first you have to ask me, uh, answer my question. That what do you do? What is your amal? Because this is what is happening to me. That I am eating your rotis and your bread and this is the condition I am experiencing. This is why I don't want to leave. So he said, you don't worry about that. Please go. I don't have anything further to be able to offer you tomorrow. You please leave now tomorrow. He said, you will not be able to just brush me aside, you will have to answer my question. He said, I am a poor person. I work on the fields, and that is how I earn my money. A few coppers. When I saw there is a musafir, with that few coppers that I earn, we managed to make three rotis. It's me, my wife, and my one child at home. So that day, the first day that you came, all of us decided that we will feed the guest. doesn't matter, all three will go hungry. So none of us ate anything and we presented you the three rotis. The second day the child couldn't bear the hunger anymore. So we gave the child his bread. But the bread that was for myself and my wife that we gave to you. But today she also can't bear the hunger. Today is only my bread that I'm giving you. But tomorrow I don't think I will manage also. That is the asar and the effect of that halal food. When that halal goes in the stomach... That halal which is free of all kinds of contamination of any sort, then that will generate haya also. That will generate that purity of mind as well, which is conducive to haya. That will generate those kind of amal that are conducive to haya. There are many incidents of this nature, time doesn't permit. But nevertheless, Nabi says, And that you remember death, and that you will one day become dust in the grave. You remember that as well. And the one who truly has made the akhirat his objective, then he will forsake and leave out the glitter and glamour of this world. He won't hanker after it. What Allah has made halal and permissible for him by all means. But he will not hanker after the glitter and glamour of this world. Nabi Sassun says, the one who does all this, then he has indeed made haya from Allah wa ta'ala the way one should make haya from Allah. Ta'ala. So this is a very comprehensive explanation of what this haya is all about. But now coming to the next step, that when this haya will not be observed, when this haya will be forsaken, when haya will leave the lives of mu'mineen, then what is the condition, what will be the end result? Then that is what we need to discuss. Before actually discussing this, One point that we should keep in mind, 
is that sometimes it becomes necessary as a result of circumstances to spell certain things out more clearly than would normally be done. There are times when Nabi Wasallam said things in a very general manner, couched in very soft terms. مَا بَالُ أَقْوَامٍ يَفْعَلُ كَذَا وَكَذَا And there were times when the need necessitated, the circumstances necessitated that things should be spelt out. So therefore certain incidents will be mentioned. The purpose of mentioning these incidents, these occurrences, is not to merely just sensationalize something, or just to merely make something interesting. But unfortunately sometimes we don't fully appreciate the gravity of the situation until certain things are opened out very, very clearly to us. These incidents that will be mentioned are incidents that might have taken place anywhere in the country. And sometimes it happens that something is being spoken about or that might have happened in the North Pole. And something similar might have happened in the South Pole which the speaker doesn't even know about. But the person in the South Pole thinks that I am being referred to. But you can rest assured, three quarters of the incidents that I may speak about, even I am not aware of the person that it refers to, I merely have the facts on hand from reliable, authentic sources. And then, the thing that to keep in mind when hearing about such things is, always this should be at the front of our minds all the time, that we hate the sin of the sinner. We hate the sin of the sinner, because it is the end result that will be the basis for judgment. Not what happened prior to the end result. Who knows when somebody's life changes, and he could be the worst of people, but his life changes for the better, and he becomes such a wali of Allah wa ta'ala, whose ranks we cannot even imagine. And on the other hand, if due to any arrogance, pride, due to looking down upon somebody else, Allah forbid, we could be thrown deep down into the fire of Jahannam. That poem, which is something similar to what we heard just now in the Nazam, Kaise, Kaise, Aise, Vaise, Hogay, or Aise, Vaise, Kaise, Kaise, Hogay. How often this has been seen that people who had such a high position and status, suddenly everything just turned around. Kaise, Kaise, Aise, Vaise, Hogay. And on the other hand, Aise, Vaise, Kaise, Kaise, Hogay. How many a person who was just a person down on the streets? But kaise kaise hoge, what ranks and positions they reached. So nevertheless, this is what we go to listen to these incidents with at the front of our minds. Some of these things are difficult to talk about. As I said, these are not things that normally are spoken about in public. But circumstances sometimes necessitate it. One of the things that has become a regular occurrence, the organizations, bodies that are involved in the social field, time and again receive calls on a regular basis with a complaint sometimes from a father regarding his son or daughter 
Sometimes from a husband regarding the wife. Sometimes from the wife regarding the husband. About somebody or the other being involved in some illicit activity. These are not things that never happened in, in history. But they were such rare occurrences in history. And from the narrations that come, it is clear that these things were something that just happened as chance occasions. And that too it agitated the person to such an extent that the person couldn't rest without coming to confess. And willingly asking for the punishment to be meted out, stoned me to death. These things happen in history. But chance, rare occurrences. But when we are sitting with a situation where every other day there is a call of this nature, then something has gone seriously wrong somewhere. This is keeping in mind all the time that subject we are talking about, Haya. When Haya goes, these are all the results of Haya, of the loss of Haya. Then we find, we are just speaking on some headlines, we are not going into the details, there is no need for the details also. When a 12 year old child, 12 year old girl, can say to her parents, that I am madly in love with that 14 year old boy, nothing can stop me from it, then something has gone terribly wrong. And we must understand that sometimes these things will be heard from one person on another person, but these are echoes. Not everybody will bring it on their tongues. Not everybody will be bold enough to utter it. Not everybody will be doing it in a manner that becomes known. But these are echoes. They are echoes of a numerous number of things happening. It echoes out from one person. Then, incidents of and constant complaints, calls, of people being involved in various kinds of other immoral things, be it pornography, be it youngsters with porn on their phones, being downloaded from the internet, be it addiction to the filth on the internet, be it other evils of this nature, then something has gone seriously wrong. In one incident, In one school in KZN, a boy and girl were found to be becoming intimate, so to say, and they were brought up to the office. Statements were taken down from them, and the person that read the statement that that girl wrote down narrated this directly to me. So there isn't any other third person in between who was narrating this. And among the things that she writes, so to say in defense of herself, that it is easy for you to point fingers at us, but you are not aware of what pressures we have to undergo in this school community to, to have some friend, boyfriend, and to subject ourselves to the pressures that come from that direction. So therefore it's not, I'm not, uh, it's not correct to single me out this is something which is a common thing, it's a norm. So why am I being singled out for this? 
when that has become the mindset, that the sin is now no more being even regarded as a sin, there's a defense, then we have gone very, very far away, and there's time to now look deeply where we are heading. These are the things that are the basis for the rise and fall of nations. Dr. Iqbal Marhum, the well-known poet of the East, he mentioned this in a very beautiful couplet. And he said, Aao, me batao tumko umam kya hai. Aao, me batao tumko umam kya hai. Shamshir o sana awwal taus o rubab akhir. Come, let me tell you what is the destiny of nations. What is the destiny of nations? Let me tell you. Shamshir o sana awwal. Initially, with great effort, great mujahada, jihad and sacrifice, and the laying down of lives, shamshir o sana, the sword and the spear is in the forefront. And with the sacrifice of lives, with the shedding of blood, laying down of lives, making the mothers widows, uh, uh, making the children orphans and the wives widows, then the nation is built. And then they see the days of glory. But then when the days of glory start moving along, and those sacrifices become a distant past, and the new generations come along, and they don't know what their forefathers did, it's something for the history books on the shelves. They are not there to appreciate, they haven't seen the sacrifices made. They weren't there to hear the crying of the orphans. They weren't there to see the tears of the widows. They don't know what went through the sacrifice to make this nation. Like we didn't see the sacrifice of Rasulullah and the Sahaba. We didn't see the weeping of the widows when 70 Sahaba were martyred on the occasion of Uhud. We didn't see the grief of Nabi when Hazrat Hamza was martyred. We didn't see the sacrifice of the Tabi'een and the Tabi Tabi'een. Let alone that, we didn't even see the sacrifice of our own forefathers who came into this country and with great difficulty kept Deen alive. Who had bread and butter issues to worry about. But they established madras, masjid and madrasa wherever they went. And with those bread and butter issues, where they couldn't afford any luxuries for themselves, they brought down ulama from India and based them and paid their salaries and made them teach the children so that today we could have deen as well. We haven't seen that. They didn't have the basic luxuries. Perhaps some might even be living today to tell us the realities of what kind of difficulties they went with and what simple basic lives they led but they upheld deen and they gave deen to their generations and to the children. We weren't there to see it. So he says, Aao me batao tumko, umam kya hai, shamshir o sana awal. Initially it's this jihad, this mujahada, this sacrifice, this toil, this suffering. Taus or rubab akhir. But after that, when that becomes a distant past, when the new generation comes along, when that sacrifice is no more there, the father that couldn't afford to own uh, couldn't afford sometimes the bus fare which had to walk. The son has the key in his, his own car keys in his pockets. The father who couldn't 
Think now, how he's going to make ends meet for the month. The son has more allowance than what his grandfather earned for the entire month, for the week. When that becomes the situation, then ta'us or rubab akhir, then the dancing and the merrymaking and the music and everything then starts. And then the amusements, and then the entertainment becomes the focus of life. There was one incident where things weren't working out, and eventually the husband and wife went their own ways. So the wife started now listing her demands as a separation settlement. Listing her demands. This demand, that demand, that demand. Part of the demands, the expenses that now the father must bear for his children, 1,200 rand a week for entertainment. When entertainment then will become ta'us or rubab akhir, then entertainment becomes the focus of life. A person will work from Monday so that Friday night can come so that his entertainment can start again for the entire weekend. A person will work from January so that December can come. He's planning his holiday. He will be re- returning from that holiday. He'll be planning the next December holiday already. This going out culture. Ta'us or rubab akhir. And when that becomes the, the condition of a nation, then that is the decline of that nation. Then that nation becomes what Nabi Islam spoke about. That a time will come, Sayyati Alan Nasi Zamanun. A time will come when all the nations of the world will call upon one another to devour the Ummah. The Sahaba asked that will be very few in number on that day. Nabi Islam said, Bal antum kathir, walakinnakum ghusa'un ka ghusa is no, you will be in very big numbers. You'll be a billion and more strong. But you'll be like the, the dirt that floats on the ocean, on the floodwaters, that it is thrown about in any direction. Nobody has any botheration and concern for it. When this becomes the condition of a nation, that merrymaking, amusement, entertainment becomes the focus of its life, other things become secondary to the extent that a person's salah becomes secondary also. His deen becomes secondary. His entertainment and amusement and everything else will be first. He'll sacrifice his salah for that program on TV. He'll sacrifice his salah for various other evils and amusements. He'll sacrifice his deen, he'll sacrifice his morals, just so that he can pleasure and amuse himself. Then, Aao me batao tumku, taqdeer umam kya hai, shamshira suna awal, tao surubab akhir. At the end, then is that merrymaking and amusement, and that is the destruction, that is the start of the destruction of that nation. Nevertheless, we are talking about things that are going on. Then, another incident where something similar, Allah, this is something not easy to even talk about, where a girl is writing something and is intercepted, and she is what is written there in graphic detail, what her, inte- what her intentions are about what she intends regarding a certain boy. And again, when this was taken up, a similar response, that this is not something that only I am involved in. This is something common. Why must I be singled out about this? But this, this is something, there are many, many incidents, time doesn't permit. But the thing is, Coming back to where we started off, when haya is lost, then this is what becomes the end result. 
Then, ask people who have fallen in this. Ask them, Sheikh Ahmad Yasin has been martyred. Who's interested? What goes on in the Ummah? Who's interested? What is going on in Afghanistan? Who's interested? We must amuse ourselves. As long as we get our pleasure, our fun, then what's happening around the world, whether Muslims are being slaughtered in Iraq, yes, perhaps as a news item you will hear to it, but we'll never get the topic of even making dua for them, let alone anything else. Because how can we even get the time for dua? Our minds are preoccupied with the next program. So where will the topic of dua also come? So the thing is when haya leaves, إِنَّ الْحَيَاءَ وَالْإِيمَانَ قُرَنَا Haya and Iman, they exist together. When one leaves, the other leaves. Now what happens to the believers? What does it bother a person? Because that fervor of Iman is gone. Whereas in the Hadith, Nabi Islam says that a person is not a true believer if he does not feel the pain of his Muslim brother. Al-Muslimoon ba'aduhum In the riwayat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam It is mentioned that the believers are like one wall Like one body When when the one part of the body aches The rest of the body also aches in that pain But today where is that? What is going on in the ummah? It doesn't even bother us in any way Nevertheless time as I said is very limited We need to move from here and come to the next aspect. We know what is going on. There is no need to go into too many details. But it is important for us to understand where this came from. Very briefly to understand what leads to this. There are a few things that we can discuss in a short time. One is very briefly we have to understand the capitalistic system. Which whether we like it or not we have become entrapped in. The capitalistic system... And the bottom line and the basis and the foundation of the system is that one must make money and must make more money and must make even more money. One person who was a director of, a, a regional director of one international company here in South Africa, the head office was somewhere else, mentioned to me directly that once he sent forward the budget to head office for the coming year, and in the budget he had detail all the various factors, everything has to be forecast, what is the budgeted income for the next year, and how much is it expected that profits are going to be earned. So part of the detail that he put there, that currently this year we made some fancy figures, telephone numbers, for example, 10 million, 10 million rands profit. Next year, because of certain conditions, because of the political situation and whatever, and so many different factors, it's only budgeted that we might make maybe 10% less, maybe make 9 million only. So head office, his superior facts back immediately that if he can't make more money, you might as well close the place down. If instead of 10 million, you're only going to make 9, you might as well close the operation down. It doesn't make sense if you can't make more money. That is a capitalistic system. Making 9 million is not enough. Asking how business, how's business? These things are quite... This year we only made half a million, last year we made one. So it's quiet. So nevertheless, the thing is that the capitalistic system, one must make money. And to make money, one has to sell. How does one sell? 
In order to make something sell, the easiest thing is to work on the base qualities of man. Work on his emotions, work on his passions and desires, incite it, and then feed it. In order to feed it, he'll have to buy something to feed it. You provide what he has to buy, and then he will buy. But the thing about this entertainment is that it doesn't give a person the same, if it, I may use the word, the same kick for long. Then it has to change, something else has to come. Because this is something superficial. A person is trying to quench the thirst with the water of the sea, the ocean water, the salty water of the sea. He'll drink the whole ocean up, he won't get satisfied. This thirst for pleasure from within, this can only be quenched when Allah Tabaraka wa ta'ala grants it pleasure. Hazrat Junaid Baghdadi rahimahullah states that in layla fi laylihim min fi That the people who are standing up in the middle of the night and making tahajjud, it might be a cold night, the person has to make wudu in cold water, and he is standing in that cold night and making tahajjud salah, and he is not even in that warm bed that he might have, but he is enjoying that ecstasy and joy which the people amusing themselves in the world can't even imagine. Hazrat Ibrahim ibn Adham rahimahullah used to take a qasam and he says, Wallah, inna lafi lazzatin law alimaha al-muluk lajadaluna alayhi bis-suyuf that Wallah, we experience such joy and ecstasy as a result of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. As a result of taking the name of Allah Ta'ala. As a result of making the tilawat of the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. As a result of sacrificing for deen. Wallah, inna lafi lazzatin. We experience such joy and ecstasy. Law alimaha al-muluk. If the kings had to know what we experience with them, lajadaluna alihi bisuyuf, they would come and try to snatch it away with their swords. But this is something no sword can snatch away. This is something Allah Ta'ala grants in the depths of the heart. This is something which Allah Ta'ala puts into the heart of the person and nobody can take it. And this is the true pleasure and joy. Even if a person doesn't possess any of the material comforts and luxuries, if he has possessed this, he's possessed the world. So this capitalistic system will work on the emotions of people, on the base desires of people, and then it will provide things. For example, just to take some examples, one of the things that it will provide out of the various things, and one of the main contributory factors for the destruction of Haya, literature, whether it be in the form of newspapers, in the form of magazines, in the form of novels, and whatever else, the base qualities of a human being will be worked upon. So first, certain things will be good enough for him, which merely refer to certain intimate things in couched language, then that won't be enough, then certain further things will be incited, then things will have to become more graphic, then that will also become boring, then something further will be brought, and then to the extent that where today's newspapers have become such that 20 years ago the same western world would have called it pornographic. And it has become family reading material. Can we in our heart of hearts truly say that Haya can still remain in that home where that kind of lurid pictures come in in those newspapers and the father is reading it and the daughter is observing the father is reading it also? 
the son is reading it and the mother is seeing what the son is reading. Those kind of articles that come in there, which promote every kind of filth and obscenity. Can we truly say that there is any hayat that can remain? But that will also not stop where it is. It will continue. The boundaries keep getting pushed back. This is something which happens very gradually. It happens very gradually. One of the things that the capitalistic system will sell is fashion. It never stops. Fashion never stops. Look at the Western world. Look at the Western world 20, maybe 50 years ago. What was the fashion that time? Wallah, the fashion that time in terms of, if you take one example of female dressing, the fashion that time in the Western world of female dressing was more modest than the general dressing of Muslim women today. In the Western world we're talking about, of people who didn't have Iman, their fashion 50 years ago was more modest than the general dressing of many a Muslim woman today. But then, gradually the boundaries got pushed. First a little, some people will make a little noise, then that noise will quieten down, then that will become accepted as norm, then that will become everybody's choice, then somebody pushes the boundaries a little further, and it continues to the extent that today it has reached that level where there is something that can, which Nabi Sallallahu already foretold years ago, centuries ago, Nisa'un kasiyatun ariyat, woman who will be clothed yet nude. And what is happening in our communities? That clothing which a grandmother, perhaps who is even living today, wouldn't they imagine herself in? Her granddaughter is wearing it and nobody's even saying anything. If it had to be suggested to many a grandmother that why don't you also wear this, she will be totally offended, disgusted. But the haya has dropped to such a level that the daughter in the same family is wearing it. The jeans and tops culture has become a norm. What brings this about? That same haya, that capitalistic system that fashion must sell. And it doesn't remain, it doesn't stay there. Because once it's, it cannot stagnate, then it'll stop selling. Money won't come. It has to sell. In that process of selling, if somebody's haya is lost, let it be. In the process of selling, if somebody's honor is lost, let it be. In the process of making money, if somebody's life goes, let it be. Money must be made. That is the bottom line of the capitalistic system. Look at the capitalistic world. People's lives will be taken. Child labor will be the norm. But things must sell. And money must be made. So the capitalistic system has led to this deterioration of haya. Because things must sell. And there was a question once somebody asked. That what is the perfect murder? Very strange question. Normally we say nothing is perfect in the world, but imagine a perfect murder. It's like a contradiction of many sorts. So the answer that was given of the perfect murder is, where the murderer manages to convince the victim to come and happily be murdered. 
That is the perfect murder. That the murderer convinces the victim and talks to him in such a way and plays with his mind in such a way that he happily comes and says, murder me. That is exactly what we have become and what has been done to us. That the mind has been played with in such a way. These advertisements and adverts that bombard us all the time are not just something, by the way, they thought of saying something and thought of putting something. People who are at the top of the advertising industry are people who are sitting with PhDs in marketing and advertising. Who have studied 10 years PhDs in psychology. People with PhDs in psychology are at the top of the marketing industry. And they have learned how to manipulate the mind of people. And they manipulate this mind. And then what the person doesn't ever need, he will buy it with money he doesn't have for an eventuality that will never come. That is a capitalistic system. Fashion must sell. And as a result, the haya in clothing will go. The haya in various things will happen. Time again is running away. Coming to the next aspect. The second thing that has led to this deterioration of haya is the democratic system. Might sound very strange. We talk about celebrating 10 years of democracy. Is this democratic system in certain aspects that has led to this. And the particular aspect that we are talking about is the aspect of the equality of males and females, the equality of the sexes as it is called, which is very, very vigorously and forcefully thrust down on people against all the laws of nature. And what does this equality, so-called equality demand? That men and women must work shoulder to shoulder in all spheres of life. But what happens when they start working shoulder to shoulder? If I may be permitted to say it, then they start rubbing shoulders. And then the kind of fitna and facade that we are experiencing becomes the order of the day. Sometimes it is a co-worker situation that will be the complaint. Sometimes it will be a secretary situation that will be the complaint. And sometimes whatever else. But this so-called democratic value which has no uh, link to deen and Islam in, what, in any way whatsoever. Nabi Islam has clearly demarcated the role of males and females. In earning the nearness of Allah wa ta'ala, there is no restriction on either the one who will do more for the deen of Allah wa ta'ala, the one who will obey Allah wa ta'ala to a greater extent, whether it is male, whether it is female, that one will get the higher rank in the day of Qiyamah. As far as the functions and roles in this world is concerned, that has been clearly demarcated. And the intermingling of the males and females is something that has been totally forbidden. This is a complete subject on its own, but because this is one of the major factors that lead to the destruction of Haya, we are going to elaborate a little bit on this aspect. The aspect is The aspect of parda as we commonly know it, hijab. Hijab and parda is not the veil and is not the cloak. Hijab and parda is a set of rules which apply to males and females. In case somebody didn't hear correctly, I didn't say that men must wear parda tomorrow. 
it's a set of rules that apply to males and females. The niqab is part of the parda of a female. The niqab, which is the veil, is part of the parda of a female. But the parda that we term as parda or hijab, this is a set of rules which has to be adhered by males and females. Now there are many details in this regard, but just to take one ayat of the Qur'an Kareem, which illustrates this and, and sums up this whole subject very briefly and concisely, Allah wa ta'ala addresses the Sahaba radiallahu anhu Again, we don't have time to go into details, but we have to keep in mind who are the Sahaba. They are that band of people who were given the certificate of the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala while walking on this earth. Radiyallahu anhum waradu an. Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them. Allah Ta'ala is addressing these people. Who He has given His certificate to. Regarding whom are they being addressed? They are being addressed regarding the azwaj mutahharat the Ummahatul Mu'mineen, the chaste and pure wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the mothers of the believers. Those women who were given that status as the mothers of the believers, وَلَا أَن تَنْكِحُوا أَزْوَاجَهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ أَبَدًا Allah Ta'ala says that when Nabi Sallallahu leaves this world, it is not permitted for any of you to even marry any of his wives, they are your mothers. This band of people, this is the initial recipients of the Qur'an Kareem, by extension, it applies to the person who will come before the day of Qiyamah as well. But these are, these are the initial recipients, the Sahaba. They are being addressed regarding the azwaj mutahharat Those chaste women, when Hazrat Aisha anha was slandered, the quran Kareem was revealed. An entire ruku of the quran Kareem was revealed to explain her chastity and purity. Such women... Regarding them, the Sahaba are being addressed. And what does Allah Ta'ala say to them? وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ Then, O Sahaba, and by extension every other person to the day of Qiyamah, O Sahaba, when you have to ask anything of necessity, any mata'a, any necessity, from the azwaj mutahharat those women regarding whom I have declared in my Quran Kareem, Ya Nisa an Nabi, Lastunnaka Ahadim Minan Nisa. That all the wives of the Prophet, you are not just like any of the other women. You have a very high and sublime position. O Sahaba, when you have to ask any necessity from the Azwaj Mutahharat, your mothers, but because not mothers in the blood sense, therefore this rule will apply. فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابِ Then do so from behind a curtain. Keep in mind again who is being addressed and regarding whom are they being addressed. And subhanallah, these band of people were beyond this, but the Quran is giving us ta'aleem. That if I can address Allah Ta'ala is saying to us, if I can address these people in this manner, then you who will come in the 15th century, what category will you place yourself in? What does Allah Ta'ala say thereafter? ذَلِكُمْ أَثْهَرُ لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِمْ That this curtain in between, this is purer for your hearts and their hearts. Subhanallah. This is purer for your hearts and their hearts. 
we who have come in the 15th century, what purity can we claim for ourselves? فَلَا تُزَكُّوا أَنفُسَكُمْ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنِ اتَّقَى Don't declare purity for yourselves. Allah Ta'ala is more aware of who is more pious and more conscious of Allah wa Ta'ala. What category can we place ourselves in to say that we don't need all these things? This is something in the camel ages. This is something that will cause retrogression. This is something that will prevent us from all our amusement and fun. How can the family then exist? When the, azwari mutah- when the sahaba are being addressed, regarding the azwari mutahharat, then can we imagine which category can we place ourselves in? And because we choose to ignore this command of Allah wa ta'ala, then today we sit here to discuss the type of things that are going on. In whichever sphere it might be, whether in the working situation, whether in the home, wherever it might be, whether in the family situation, this has to be observed. In the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, That when a man is in seclusion with a strange woman, the third day is shaitan. Whether this occurs in a work situation, in an office situation, in a practice situation, whichever situation it might occur. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam once warned of certain things about the intermingling and so on. So one sahabi asked, أفرأيت الحموة that a person should not come into seclusion in, uh, when the husband is not around and so on. What about the brother-in-law? Because he will walk in and out of the house freely. The beast asks him, Alhamdulillah, Al-Mawt, his death. Fear fitna regarding him like you'll fear death. The beast spoke with the wisdom that Allah Ta'ala put into his heart. وَمَا يَنْتِقُوا عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيُ يُوحَىٰ This was not just something that he said out of his own desire. This was the wahi from Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. This is a fundamental thing that has to be brought back into our society, into our communities, if we wish to bring back the qualities of haya, and we wish to bring back iman in its reality. Then there are various other things which are meant to be discussed, but time is very limited. One thing which I'm just going to go a little back again, it slipped my mind, we were talking about the television, uh, the uh, media, and from the media, one of the main things that has led to the destruction of all the moral values that Dean has taught us, one of the main culprits is the television. And this is something which is not only something that... uh, some mullah or Malvi will say, this is something even the western world is beginning to openly say. There is some Mr. Bayer, who is the ex-director of the TV center of the city, of, city University of New York. So this is their job, to research these things and to analyze what is going on. And these are his words. These are his words. That by the time he's 17... At the time, his 17, we must read it, he and she as well. The average child sees 200,000 to 400,000. We don't even like to use these words in the masjid. Sex acts on TV. 100,000 to 200,000 acts of violence. And and 17,000 to 33,000 murders. By the time, he's 17. Now, a child who is seeing that all the time, that atmosphere becomes charged from all directions. The newspapers are giving off the same thing. The so-called dish is dishing out the same thing. 
and everything else is dishing out the same evil. So that whole atmosphere is charged with nafsaniyat, with those passions and desires raised to, an, to a peak. Then it requires the smallest spark to cause an explosion. And these are things like hunger and thirst requires fulfillment. If haya is missing on the one side and these things are being raised to a peak on the other side, then that explosion is bound to happen. When haya is missing, parda is non-existent and all the other various curves are out of the way and on the other side the fuel is being added non-stop, then that explosion is bound to happen. We tend to take this for granted that we just have this and it doesn't really we control it. This is something which I photocopied it so that I read the actual words which was written not long ago, perhaps a month or two ago. I stand at nine pupils in one of the schools in KZN as part of an assignment or an essay or whatever. Let us look at these words. This much I can say with complete conviction that this person who wrote it, wrote it very honestly. We have to be grateful for that, that it gives us a lesson. But at the same time, let us see what it is. And as I said earlier, that these things are echoes. They are not something that's isolated. These are echoes. He is writing, this is part of the essay towards the tail end. I try very hard. Let us listen to the words carefully. I try very hard to imitate Prophet Muhammad. He hasn't written Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Let us all say Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But, look at the word but. I try very hard to imitate Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But, when I see all of these stars on television, listen again, but, when I see all of these stars on television, I wish, listen to this word once more, I wish that I would rather be like them. This has been written approximately a month or two ago. Listen to these words again. And let us think what we have back in our homes. And let us think what we are doing to the iman of our children. But, when I see all of these stars on television, I wish, I wish, Nabi Salaam also had wishes. لَوَدِدْتُ أَنْ أُقَاتِلَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَأُقْتَلْ ثُمَّ أُحْيَا ثُمَّ أُقْتَلْ ثُمَّ أُحْيَا ثُمَّ أُقْتَلْ Nabi Salaam also had a wish which he taught us. I wish that I may fight in the path of Allah wa ta'ala. I may lay down my life for the sake of Allah ta'ala. I may be then granted life again. I may lay down that life. I may be granted life again. I may lay down that life. That was a wish of Rasulullah sallallahu Here is an ummati of Nabi sallallahu who says, I wish when I see all of these stars on television, I wish that I would rather be like them. Look at the word rather. Where is the comparison? Because they have more worldly possessions like fame and money. But inshallah this person, Allah Ta'ala give him his eventual wish or his hope. He in the end still says, but one day I hope that I will be like Prophet Muhammad Wasallam and have much more than fame and money. Alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala kept that much of iman still left in him.
But his mindset, his honesty has come out and has given us a lesson. As I said, these are echoes. And not everybody will express it. But on the occasion it shows, perhaps on some previous occasion I might have mentioned this, what this youngster is talking about is not an isolated incident. What he's talking about, I wish that I would rather be like them, like those stars. One nursery madrasa, the apa was asking the children some questions and she asked one child who was about five or six years old, that who is greater? She was testing the mind of the child. Who is greater? Allah? Oh, what was at that time the big hit so-called with children? Some program on television, the Power Rangers. The question, listen to the question again. Who is greater? For us there is no question. Allah or the Power Rangers? And she then writes about that report she gives of this incident. She says that with unblinking innocence, the child without hesitation said power rangers. And in that one class, four children said the same thing. This is our entertainment. This is our amusement. This is what we give our children. And this we say sometimes is just cartoons. We want to know why they are then being disobedient. Why they are being disrespectful. The very makers of these things, part of that, what I just read earlier, these very people have stated that cartoons, they state with their words, cartoons like Dennis the Menace, Teach children that to be rude is cute. And we say it's cartoons. So nevertheless, there are many, many things, but we don't have time to go into all these things. We now need to come to the solutions. What is the solution? We have heard much of all the problems and whatever else, but we have to now adopt the solution. First and foremost, the first part of the solution is right here, right now. And that is sincere toba. That we don't even, and shouldn't even delay for the next moment. In our hearts of hearts, we should sincerely repent to Allah wa ta'ala, regret, feel remorse, be ashamed of whatever has happened. كُلُّكُمْ خَطَّاءُونَ وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّاءِينَ التَّوَّابُونَ Nabi Salaam has very clearly declared that every one of you will make mistakes, is a sinner, but the best sinner is the one who has repented from his sin. أَتَّائِبُ مِنَ الزَّنْبِ كَمَ the one who sincerely repents with that firm resolve not to commit the same act in future, he is like the one who has never committed that act. This is the mercy of our Rabb. This is the mercy of Allah wa ta'ala. Despite the innumerable bounties and favors that he showers upon us all the time, and yet we return those favors with his disobedience. And yet Allah wa ta'ala says, through his beloved Rasulullah come back to me, I will forget everything. The one who repents sincerely is like the one who has never committed the act. Let us first, right now, right here, from the depths of our hearts, make sincere toba and make the firm resolve to bring out of to take out of our lives all those things that result in a destruction of haya, that break down this great quality of iman, and let us resolve to adopt all those safeguards that Deen has taught us. Then, part of this toba, which is already discussed, if there is a cancerous growth, a person has a cancerous growth and all he does is he takes vitamins and superficial treatment, he's taking medication and injections and whatever but doesn't do anything about the cancerous growth then that is going to sooner or later do its damage and it will eat up the entire body the first step that will be done is that it will be operated upon and the cancerous growth will be thrown away 
There are various cancerous growths that are eating into the haya and the iman. That same television, that dish, that uh, all the other various new technologies that have come out, the, some of the things I don't even remember the names. These things which are eating up our haya, eating up our iman, are the cancerous growths. If we still wish to amuse ourselves, then the person is amusing himself with the cancerous growth. And that he's going to continue doing his job from within, from the surface he will amuse himself. That perhaps sometimes on the surface it might even glitter, but from inside he's doing its damage. We will have to first operate these things out of our lives. We will have to become conscious of what the realities are. That newspaper, there is really no need for it. What does it give us? 98% propaganda, included in which is all the other various filth. Every kind of evil is invited towards, whether it is drinking, whether it is gambling, whether it is zina, whether it is any other kind of evil, will be openly invited towards. And besides the propaganda that will be thrust therein, and the 1% news will come perhaps also. So there is really little need for that. And if for whatever reason, if a person has to bring that within his home, then Allah Ta'ala hasn't broken our hands, has given us some mind, we can be our own senses. If we have to tear off, before that enters the house, those pages, or those portions of that paper, which lead to the destruction of Haya and Iman, we will do ourselves a great service. Perhaps you might lose a few articles here and there. It is better than losing, causing somebody to lose their iman. It is better than destroying somebody's haya. So that we need to become very careful about. Those novels, those magazines, these are all part of that cancerous growth. Our children, we have to bring good, authentic, Islamic reading material for them. Make mashara with the ulama. We cannot expect to take everything away and not replace it with anything either. We have to replace it with the right things. There's never a vacuum. You cannot create a vacuum. A vacuum never exists. If something is taken off, something comes in its place. A vacuum is never exists. We have to replace these things with the correct things. Replace it with correct Islamic material. And together with that, once we have removed these cancerous growths, we have to then treat it. We have to treat the body. The treatment, first part of the treatment, is tazkiyah enough. We will have to purify ourselves. We will have to build up our iman. Because this is the crux of everything. When the strength of iman will be built up, when that nafs will be purified, this is a lifelong process. There is no point in time that a person can stop and say, I am done. That iman will have to be built and the iman will get built in the environments of iman, in the gatherings of iman. Person spares and takes out time for the sake of learning iman, goes out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sacrifices his time and wealth to learn iman, goes in the company of the Ahlullah. Because deen will not come merely by some talk only, or merely from literature. Like Dr. Iqbal also mentioned this in another poem of his, in a complete of his. Na kitabo se, na wazo se, na zar se peda, 
دی ہوتی ہے دین ہوتی ہے بزرگوں کی نظر سے پیدا اٹ از نائدر فرام بکس اونلی نو میئرلی فرام ڈسکاسز اینڈ لیکچرز نو وتھ ویلتھ دیٹ وی فرسٹ فارم اے کمیٹی اینڈ پٹ ان اے بگ بجٹ ان پلیس اینڈ فرسٹ پٹ دا فائنینسز ان پلیس اینڈ دین وتھ دیٹ ویلتھ وی ول ڈو دس اینڈ دیٹ اینڈ دیٹ اینڈ کاز دین ٹو اسپریڈ نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم واز آفرڈ دا انٹائر ماؤنٹین آف اوہد ٹو بی ٹرن ان گولڈ فار ہم بٹ ہی ٹرن اٹ ڈاؤن اف ویلتھ واز دا بیسس فار اسپریڈنگ دین دین نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ایکسپٹڈ دیٹ نہ کتابوں سے نہ وعظوں سے نظر سے پیدا اٹ از نائدر وتھ کتابز اینڈ بکس اونلی اور وتھ وعظ اینڈ ڈسکاسز اونلی اور وتھ منی دیٹ دین ول اسپریڈ دیز تھنگس کانٹریبیوٹ سرٹنلی کانٹریبیوٹس بٹ دا ریالٹی آف دین ول کم دین پیدا بزرگوں کی نظر سے پیدا ہوتی ہے دین بزرگوں کی نظر سے پیدا فرام دی کمپنی آف دی اہل اللہ دوز ان ہوز ہارٹ دا فرو آف ایمان از ایگزسٹنگ بائی ٹیکنگ اور سیلز آؤٹ آف دی رانگ انوائرمنٹس اینڈ کمنگ ان دیز انوائرمنٹس then that will come from heart to heart. There's no other way that it comes. We have to now become conscious of the wrong environments. This culture of amusement and entertainment and merrymaking, that this has become, where this becomes the object, that a person, if he wants to give to charity also, until there isn't a uh, fundraising dinner, he will get a plate of food, he won't give that money also. That he must be entertained with something. That as long as there isn't a fair, where he can go and amuse himself, he won't contribute to the cause. So then that the fear in the name of Islam will take place, where every kind of un-Islamic thing will also take place, and the intimidating will also take place, and a person in the name of Islam will go there to patronize it, and feel happy that he did his service to deen. This is no service to deen. We have to become conscious of the realities, and we have to sit back, analyze where we are heading to, which direction our generations are going in, Is this the start of our decline? Where the next generation, what will be going on? There will be no sign of being. Is this what we are waiting for to happen? We've already heard that poem. We should not wait for that time. It is one is the ostrich policy that it buries its head into the sand when it sees danger. And it imagines that the danger is not there. But then when the danger hits it, it's too late. A sensible thing to do is to face the danger And look at it directly in the eye and do whatever is possible within our capacity to remove the danger, to defend ourselves, protect ourselves, protect our families and protect the ummah at large. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give me and all the true understanding of deen. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala bless us with the reality of haya. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala protect our iman and our haya, the iman and haya of our families, of our communities and the entire ummah at large. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.